When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost. Today I'm joined by the lovely Robbie Edwards, who owns Springhall Equestrian. And we're talking about livery yard politics. It's something that sadly too many of us have to deal with on a daily basis. We're going to share some experiences of negative behaviour on livery yards and how do we deal with it. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Hope you've had a good Easter. I um, I managed to get a little bit of time with my ponies, but the sun was so hot, I had the guilt of it that maybe it was a little bit too hot to ride them. So being a fair weather rider... Um, I gave him a break, (laughs) but I'd like to welcome a guest back today. Uh, You would have heard him a few weeks ago. It's the lovely Robbie Edwards, who owns Spring Hall Equestrian. How are you, Rob? I'm very well, Amy. Yeah, very good. How are yourself? Always looking for an excuse to not ride. That's what I feel like at the moment. It's either too (laughs) cold, wet and windy or it's too hot. (laughs) We've had a bit of extreme weather at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly been up and down, but what a gorgeous easter i mean it has been phenomenal really really nice um it was amazing wasn't it i ended up giving the horses a bath actually because it was so warm did you did you manage to give them a bit of a spring clean oh god yeah um i mean not only just they've given them a wash off but after they've been working obviously with this heat they are quite sweaty and um they've loved it it's been really nice and obviously we've got quite a few gray horses on the yard and it's lovely to be able to go and just give them a bath in the morning and wash those stains out rather than spend them mm. you know hours and hours uh grooming away and you know normally you don't get the stain out anyway so it's nice to just wash them off and <laughs> let them sunbathe and dry off it's lovely i know but then i was my poor horse i was making him stand there a bit longer because i thought you're gonna have to dry before you go back in the field because otherwise you're gonna roll straight away and um, and it's gonna be completely dirty yeah. but we also we also have this I, I don't know what it's like where you live but where i live um the horse flies come out in may so I love a bit of Easter sun because horseflies are attracted to um, warm, they're attracted to heat and warmth and dark colours. So my horse being black, if I wet him, he then radiates extra heat and steam, which means that they just swarm to him. So I always feel I have to bath out of the horsefly season. So April and then around about July, really. So it's a race to get the bath done before the horseflies breed. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. My, my problem with horseflies, I said this on, on the last podcast, and I'm sure I offended lots of uh, religious people by saying God was having a, an off day at the office when he created horses <laughs> that they couldn't be sick. But I mean, horseflies, I'd love someone to point out to me what their use is and what they what they do. Because as far mm. as I'm aware, they just um, cause and play havoc for us horse owners. But um, I'm sure mm. they've got a good use somewhere, haven't they? <laughs> It'd be interesting to know, actually. They'd probably move pollen around or something. I bet they're part of saving the world. 
I'm I bet sure they, they, they are. They're, they're really important, and we just we're just too ignorant to know because they <laughs> hurt us and they annoy our horses. Yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. Um, I had so much fun with you last time. I thought I needed to get your opinion on some other things. No, it's a uh, pleasure. So, so today we're going to be talking about yard politics because uh, recently I went to a yard and. Um, I've had some previous bad experiences at yards and I and it, it's something that's always really bugged me is why people can be so mean to each other I just don't understand it you know we're supposed to be a supportive community but what was fascinating is recently I went to a yard where a lady had bought a new horse and there were a couple of people that were mean to her about her new horse so she's rugging incorrectly she's not feeding the right thing He's in the stable too long. He's out of the stable too long. And instead of supporting her with an open arm and a bit of advice, they actually are bullying her, which I'm sure a lot of people have actually sadly experienced over their horse career. You know, we know that bullying happens and that people are mean. But what was interesting is she told the yard owner about it. And this was the yard owner's response. I haven't seen it, so I can't do anything about it. And I was just really interested to get your take on things because I've got my opinion of how to deal with things. But should it be that if a yard owner doesn't see something happen because they're not there all the time, then they can't do anything about it? And before you answer that question, Rob, I just want to say that that actually this this yard owner's lovely. She's really sweet. I just don't think she has the tools to be able to deal with this kind of nasty behaviour. Yeah. So number one, I think in my book, bullying is just, it's just a no-go. It, just can't, it can't happen. Unfortunately, it does happen. Um, it happens across the board, whether it's in schools, in sports clubs, um, in livery yards. Uh, you know, it, it is just an ever-present thing, unfortunately. I'm lucky that I've never, I've never been the target of bullying, uh, which is bizarre because I grew up, I'm a redhead. I wore glasses, I had braces, and I was the only <laughs> lad who rode horses. So to be quite honest, no. um, any bullies out there had plenty of ammunition, didn't they? Um, I mean, <laughs> but look. do you think that's because you've got your own? That's because you've got your own school, and you, you maybe you're a bit protected, especially as an adult, because you're running the place. But you've also got a very positive, cheery personality that maybe can. Um, laugh chat your way out of things (laughs) um yeah i think there's a certain amount of water off a duck's back kind of thing going on i mean i've never let any any, you know after a certain amount of time things do get to you obviously but um i've always been been able to sort of laugh things off and just put it down to you know as we uh, all say these days with a bit of banter but growing up you know having witnessed a lot of bullying in schools not riding schools but just in school um i'd probably say as i've got older i've when i look back i appreciate how horrible it was and and i quite often think back to those sort of lads or girls that I went to school with and, and saw them being a victim of bullying i think oh, i wonder how they are i really wonder mm-hmm. how they how they coped with that because do you know what at the time i certainly wasn't there standing up for them and i think now in the in the role that i play as a coach in our riding school i make sure that i do fulfill that role um so yeah we are we are very lucky that all the boys and girls that come to us and and the adults of course um they're here because they want to be here so it's unlikely we're going to get people coming and training with us and then at the same time sort of bringing this negative bullying attitude because everyone's kind of here for a for a mutual uh reason which is to to learn and improve their uh sort of skills um so it, we don't see that much bullying and 
I think if it ever sort of raised its head, it would just be a zero tolerance attitude. It would be stamped mm. out. Um, I think communication is huge. I think what one person classes as bullying, another person can just class as, as I said earlier, banter. So we've got to be careful where the line is and not step over that line too often. That being said, you know, it, it, this is life, isn't it? You know, comments are made and we've got to be careful not to fall into the dangerous category of being maybe a little bit too, dare I say, precious. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I have my opinions on it. I think it's obvious when bullying crosses a line because you're impacting on someone's life and that's when it gets serious and it needs to be dealt with. Um, so like I say, communication is huge. If I if I hear of, you know, for our sort of staff members or, our, or any of our, our sort of helpers, any sort of what they deem as bullying, you know, I would certainly be straight on the case and be wanting to find out more and talking to the people involved and maybe sitting them down and discussing what's happened and go from there, really. Um, so it's interesting because every business has um, a, a bullying policy. Every school has a bullying policy. And I think most yards should have if they don't have a bullying policy. Um, and part of that is the zero tolerance. But it's, it's fascinating to hear that I believe it comes from the top. So your attitude and your ethos and the atmosphere at any yard comes from the, the, the people that are managing it and it trickles down. So if, if the management are positive, friendly, supportive and are all four other people being supportive, then they won't naturally stand for any bullying behaviour. And I think in circumstances like that, the bullies actually, whether they're children or adults, end up isolating themselves from the situation. And when you can build a... A friendly community they will actually end up pushing the bully out it's fascinating to see I've seen it before in businesses um when it doesn't come from the top and when uh, people don't feel supported by management in situations where mostly managers don't know what to do they, that that's purely it so they think oh, I'll let them get on with it it's just our industry and I think there needs to be a shift now and a change where it's not just our industry now if someone was to come to me and say hey let me start actually, Rob, by telling you I've been bullied all my life from when I was six years old. I was bullied by a teacher when I was seven. That That's how bad the severity has been up to, you know, leaving school. I was, and that's not because I'm a victim. I was just had a lot of bad luck. <laughs> Met the wrong people, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you can either make that turn you into becoming a victim or you can use those skills to work out what kind of person you want to be. And and I do value my friendships massively. I've got more friends now than I had as a youngster. Um, and I think it's about valuing that and saying, well, what sort of person do I want to be? Well, I want to be a nice person and I want to support people. And every time I went to a yard and they told me what I was doing wrong with blackjack, I thought, okay, I'm going to take that on board. Thank you very much. And I'm going to research and find my own you know, my own knowledge and and, um, education would go online and see what was right for me. But I think somehow you've got to be relatively confident to do that because it's it's difficult in that yard environment when you're afraid to go down to the yard because you're scared of what people are going to say. Then you find you end up avoiding that situation and trying to go down when people aren't there. And this was happening to a 40-year-old woman yeah, that's I've heard that similar story quite a few times actually, um, and it is jaw dropping. And do you know what's amazing is that a lot of these these uh, people, horse owners, in their 
professional capacity they've got some really sort of high level positions within companies and for whatever reason when it comes to the equine world you know they almost allow people to push them about Mm. which which I'm sure they wouldn't allow in their place of work where maybe they're a little bit more senior but I think with touching on what you said about the yards you know especially livery, livery yards big commercial livery yards where you've got upwards of you know 70 different horses on that yard potentially got 70 different owners you know everyone has a different way of going about looking after a horse and caring for it and riding it and training it nutrition exercise when to rug when not to rug oh there's so many ins and outs and with that comes a lot of different opinions and I'm lucky I haven't suffered this myself but I've certainly seen it and I've heard about it it acts like a pressure cooker and what you were just saying about you know certain people going down to uh, to yards to avoid that kind of conflict and they end up going down at ridiculous times of the day to try and avoid that confrontation with other people on the yard you know horses are meant to be enjoyable they're meant to be fun they're meant to be our passion and I think when other people start making that a living hell and we suddenly are thinking right if I get out to the yard at two o'clock in the morning I'll avoid seeing you know Tom Dick and Harry who tell me I'm doing everything wrong then that's what I need to do well no that's that's not what you need to do you know you're in this uh you're having this horse or you're in this game for enjoyment and for pleasure so it needs to be addressed so that i would say in that position you need to go and talk to the yard manager um and address it and 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 explain what's going on and in theory it should be addressed uh by the manager or the owner and you know potentially and that's the issue that's the issue is that sometimes the yard managers don't don't have the tools to be able to deal with this so for example this one manager said i don't know what to do because i can't see it so i Mm. I haven't seen it so i can't say anything yeah and actually i think that 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 behavior needs to change in that as a yard manager you're responsible for everybody on the yard and all the horses on the yard and you are responsible for their safety you've got health and safety issues but also to make sure that that environment is enjoyable so okay it's not your responsibility to make sure that the environment is enjoyable but that it's a safe environment Mm. and um and if someone was to say to me i haven't seen that uh uh, someone was to say oh you know um this girl's being mean to this girl and it was an ongoing consistent thing then i think the whole yard should be addressed with look this behavior is going on we're not going to stand for it it's not acceptable um if that's the behavior the type of person that you want to be then then that's not the type of people that we would like in our yard yeah yeah absolutely now some would say that's bullying in itself but it's not i think you've got to flush this out it's yeah. the only way to deal with it yeah and what's interesting is you're saying about the yard manager um they've got to have the policies and the company you know the confidence in place to execute these policies um i've just i remembered a uh, a girl that i knew who kept a horse on a livery yard and it was the manager themselves who was actually causing the bullying um oh. which it's terrible it's absolutely awful and and i just i just bluntly said move yards Move yards, mm. you know, because what she was telling me, I won't go into too much detail, but this girl, this poor girl was being reduced to tears pretty much every time she went up to the yard. And I said, move yards, you know, there's hundreds of livery yards. Um, unfortunately, she felt pressure to stay at that yard because she didn't want to, you know, if she suddenly left, she was going to carry on seeing the same people and that same yard manager because they compete at the same centres. And you know what the horse world is like, you still bump into people. And she basically didn't want to lose face by moving yard um which Bless the, it's a bit of a bit caught between a rock and a hard place really isn't it um 
she has since sort of moved yards and she's now loving it from what I gather. She's, she's having a great time and she's very pleased that she made that move and I'm pleased she made that move. But, you know, that does take that confidence to do because at the time she didn't feel that would be the right move. But with hindsight, it mm. now is. So. I think to a certain extent, we've got to put a protective bubble around ourselves and say, okay, who are you going to surround yourself with? I want to surround myself with positive people who think the same as me, who are friendly, who are kind and who are understanding. And I'm the first to say I've got a whole bunch of issues, you know, I need babysitting, I'm afraid to jump, I'm afraid to go out and wind. And that's okay, because I'm quite open about that. But as soon as somebody comes along and says, well, you're a rubbish rider, because you can't do this, 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 who are you to be mean to me? And I'm 34, so I'm still going to take offence to that. Imagine being a 17-year-old having to deal with that, to go to the yard. You know, it's it, it can be really, really dangerous. This behaviour is toxic, not only for the people that it's happening to, but it's toxic for the, the, the people surrounding it, because ultimately that's then a learnt behaviour. And if the... Not everything can be dealt with by the yard manager. And I feel like I'm putting a lot of, you know, a lot of responsibility on the yard manager. But I do think they have quite an important role to play in leading. Like you're a leader and you mentor. So um, I should imagine, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong. I should imagine if someone came to you and said there's a problem, you you, you want, you genuinely want people to be happy that are with you. Um, for some that maybe don't, don't look at it that way um it's really it's basically impossible to deal with isn't it how are you going to deal with that situation other than get out and actually that's exactly what i said to this girl um i said if, you, if you're that unhappy then you need to go and find somewhere else because this is your horse your passion your time with her it's not fair that it's ruined and then i said to the yard manager look i can give you some advice you know business advice of things that have worked for employees before you know on, on dealing it's called conflict management so if you google conflict management then just like you said earlier Rob it's about um, bringing people together and actually opening up the conversation and saying well look this is what is upsetting this person and these are the reasons why and this is you know maybe how we can change how we are with each other might help a bit yes yeah, do I sound a bit preachy no not at all not at all and and if all <laughs> else fails Amy you can always find a nice horse walker put them on the horse walker put the electrics on and put them on there for an hour until until the bully has been shocked out of them no i, I am of course kidding <laughs> don't don't for one second think that's what we do to deal with bullies but um you know we, 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 we might want to do that in our head but no of course you're going to do the nice mature adult thing and sit down and try and talk it out because ultimately that's what's going to solve it um it is a small minority isn't it um because for the most part everyone within the equine world um, are fantastic very positive very supportive but it only takes a few very negative naysayers and it, it, it they stand out so far that that's why i think mm. it does hit with a real punch um what i have had personal experience of is going on to library yards and seeing the sort of the clicks like the little groups and i hate that it's like going into a pub a local pub and everyone stops talking and they turn around and look at you and mm. you just think, well, I'm probably not going to sit here too long and drink. <laughs> you know, I feel like we're about to get lynched any minute. Um, and I imagine that's what it's like for those poor guys and girls that go into livery yards. And, you know, they might walk into the tack room and there's that little uh, herd, because like, that's sort of in my mind is what they are, a little, little group of animals, a little herd of uh, bullies, because that is quite often the way they sort of, little groups um and you walk into the tap room uh, and i call them mean girls mean, mean girls, girls. Yeah. but now we've got mean boys as well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um and it is 
it is daunting. I think so often if you're the one being picked on, you are so alone and you feel very individual. And it seems like everyone else on the yard uh, is there judging and looking upon you. Um, and actually, that probably isn't the case. It's probably just a few select um, people who are probably quite insecure with maybe what they've got going on. That's quite often what's the root behind it, isn't it? Um, it's probably people not confident in their own ability. And if they see you doing something that they know they can't do or can't ever do, they, they probably want to put you down a little bit. And that's normally where this sort of stuff stems from. So, mm. yeah, you've got to have confidence and try and rise above it. Um, and if all else fails, address it, get some support through the yard manager, and hopefully they're half decent at their job. Um, most of them are from what I've come across. Um, and try and uh, find a resolution that way. And if all else fails, you know, find another yard change countries you know <laughs> no, I'm only kidding but yeah, no. I know but that's that's how serious it gets Rob you yeah. know like when you do when you when you do have this going on and you feel that you don't have many options maybe there aren't many yards around you and you do have to deal with this every day how 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 do you deal with it we're getting it a lot on social media as well you know people sat being keyboard warriors having their opinion I think sometimes it doesn't hurt to say you know I really appreciate what you're saying, but I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Well, yeah, Facebook is a two-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, and social media does cause an awful lot of angst and problems. Um, I mean, I, I was briefly in the police and, and had a quite a big uh, input in, in seeing online bullying. And it's shocking um, because in my mind, if I mean, I, I you know, we for our centre and through my sort of personal platform, we post loads of videos and pictures and not all of it's positive. And I, I make an effort to read all of it because I'm always interested in feedback, negative or positive. Mm -hmm. But I let the negative side of it just kind of wash over me. I'm not really that bothered. Um, but it seems that a lot of people can't do that, you know, and I feel very sorry for them because they take everything incredibly personal. So if someone is saying, you know, you're a terrible writer, you're never going to do this you're never going to do that and they take it so to heart and that's just on facebook they're then gonna um they're not really escaping are they they spend all day at the yard they come home and then read something on on facebook or instagram or whatever it is um and they can't really escape it and that's that is the problem with um social media isn't it is that we can't really escape mm. it no absolutely um at least with social media you can turn it off at some point yeah but and, not know, everyone seems that they can do that i mean it's, it's it is difficult very recently, um, I got bullied in a in a in a Facebook group that has over ten thousand followers by the admin. The admin of this group, uh, she just oh gosh, she did she lay into me, and and now you see, maybe it's my age because I'm getting older. I kind of fight back, and I'm now so against nasty behaviour that I probably make it a little bit worse for myself because I can't help but then message back and go, "Who do you think you are speaking to me like that?" I'm a 34 year old woman, you know. I'm I've got a strong mind now. Imagine if I was someone younger, uh, maybe not as strong, in a vulnerable position anyway. These Facebook groups are in a um, they're in a position of authority. They've got a lot of responsibility, and they're not taking that responsibility seriously because a lot of these groups are run by kids. So yeah. you've you've got this whirlwind combination of you know. I, just again not having the tools of being able to deal with things so this admin ended up I said look really really we need to think about how we're reaching out to people that are 
you know, on, on the social media sites, at the admin should be looking at that. And she said, um, oh, you're having a joke. It's just Facebook. This is what the woman said to me. And I said, no, it's not just Facebook anymore. The person the other side of the message that you're talking to could be really vulnerable. So how you communicate with that person is so important. And if you're having a go at them constantly saying they're a rubbish rider, they have no, um, they're, they're this, they're that, the other, that person... I know it's horrible to say, Rob, but you get suicides. So mm. I ended up, I ended up researching, and this is, this is probably me going a bit overboard, but I ended up researching how many people have died in the last year from social media, from from being bullied on social media. And I wish I could remember the figure. I can't. I think I think there were quite a few people there. And um, anyway, I sent it to her and said, "No, you need to take this really seriously. You're in a you're in a responsible position with this Facebook group, so you need to be a little bit kinder and maybe be being a bit more considerate to the people that you're talking to." Um, and she blocked me. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah. a shame. That ended that fun, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But this this girl is now left to continue being mean to other people, and if she doesn't like what she's hearing, so she doesn't like being confronted about her behaviour. Then um, she just blocks because I'm the crazy one. Mm. Yeah, tricky, yeah, very tricky. Um, like you say, keyboard warriors, isn't it? Keyboard warriors, yeah. and they you know, they can rattle something off on a keyboard and send it uh, with normally zero thought behind it and then what they've sent out will obviously hit home potentially pretty hard with some of the people reading it and um that you know they don't appreciate appreciate the impact it can have um but yeah no it's been completely realistic and and frank about it suicides they do happen and um we've got to do as much as we can to stamp out any sort of uh, form of billing, whether it's, uh, you know, in school, whether it's on a yard, a livery yard, a riding school, or whether it's online. But online is so difficult because I'm more and more baffled as to why kids of such a young age have phones now. And obviously with phones, uh, you can get straight onto social media. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. Without sounding like I think a... that's another subject altogether. But mm. this isn't just about kids. This is about adults being mean, nasty, and spiteful to other adults. And I think I don't know what's going on in their world. Um, but don't project your rubbish on other people. It's unnecessary. And I guess what I'd like to do is be able to empower these people, like the forty-year-old woman that's doesn't want to go and see her horse it's her first horse she's going to be inexperienced she needs advice but she needs support what she doesn't need is the vultures coming and having a go at her every time she's down at the yard so I think most people when they first take on their horse that you know they are open to um they're open to advice and they want to learn I love it it's like you know it's the it's the sponge isn't it they want to know as much as possible but they also don't want to be put down all the time because it makes them feel worthless when all they're trying to do is the best for their horse but then equally you have you know top level competition riders who still want to learn and they get it just as much as the others do you know when they go to competitions the people are going oh look at them and look at them they're judged loads as well I think maybe the difference is like you you can it is water off a duck's back because you're so used to it um but for many of us <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm so used to being abused amy it's it's ridiculous <laughs> thanks very much for that <laughs> God. no you know what i mean you're used to the industry yeah, so yeah. you probably don't take it as seriously as um 
as if it was happening to you all the time. Um, some would say that I'm a bully for, you know, confronting these people, but someone's got to confront them because they keep putting people down. So I guess we need to find these tools then, Rob, and give some advice on how, what do you do if you're, if you're struggling at the yard right now? What do you do if you're a yard manager in terms of dealing with this? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you're a yard manager and you're worried about how you're going to deal with someone who comes to you with you know a, a complaint of i'm being bullied or i know someone that's been bullied on your yard what are you going to do about it i think the first thing i would probably think of is how would if it was me in their position how would i like my yard manager to deal with it um because i think if you can put yourself in their shoes you're probably going to be that much closer to dealing with it um uh, from their point of view you know because i haven't really I, I haven't been bullied i don't think i'm thinking back i probably have but again slightly water off a duck's back and i have this incredible ability to be able to blank out these sort of negative things um but you know i have dealt with kids that have come to me and said so and so said this and so said said that and i've even to me i'm thinking well that's not bullying that's you know it's just kids or adults you know saying things but no, to them, they, they're classing that, they're upset. You know, it's affected them. And you can't just gloss over that. You need to put yourself in their shoes and think, right, they're upset. What, how, what, how would I want this to be handled if that was me? So I think that's probably the first thing I would look at if I was a yard manager. Um, I think being confident to deal with it is crucial, but you can't just get confidence, can you? It's this throwaway word of you've just got to be more confident. Well, that's rubbish, isn't it? That's as helpful as a chocolate-covered teapot, isn't it? You can't just say to someone, just be more confident. Um, that confidence comes from dealing with situations and doing it well and going, yeah, I dealt with that pretty well. That gives you more confidence for the next time it happens and the next time it happens. And I think that's why yard managers have to have experience. You know, if you go onto yards and it's no offence to those um boys and girls that are quite young in the job. But if you 
are very, very young and inexperienced, but you end up being a yard manager, are you the right person for the job? Because you probably won't be that well equipped to deal with um, a bullying situation. Now, I'm slightly going out of limb when I say that because I'm sure there'll be lots of people that are quite young and new to the industry and they can probably deal with it 10 times better than I can. But um, I think confidence in those situations is key, but I think confidence comes from having already experienced other situations and having that experience. Mm. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we need to take it more seriously. We, we're talking about it. I know that there's been a great campaign called the Not On My, Not On My Yard campaign, hashtag Not On My Yard, that's been going for a few years. I think it's great. It's bringing attention um, about bullying and the way that people are treated and the fact that it's not just children, it's adults as well, um, to the forefront of people's minds. But in order to take it more seriously... I think we do have yard policies, but they need to be the equivalent of, of school policies. Um, there's a school. Here you go. I've just, just found a school policy for a, a, a normal school. Um, not a riding school, not a question school, a, a mainstream school. It says our aims. The school aims to create a stable and secure environment in which pupils develop confidence and self-discipline. Routines, structures and rules are a necessary means to achieving these aims. Pupils should be familiar with behavioural expectations be treated as individuals within the overall school context and perceive correction as a learning experience. Sanctions should be known, clear and as brief as possible in application. Incidents should be dealt with without undue delay and once dealt with should not be resurrected other than as part of a positive learning experience. Disapproval should be of the action, never the person. And then there's a whole other list. And then there's a list of how they deal with things. Um, you know, th- examples of bullying include threats, teasing, name calling, interfering with someone's property. Maybe someone's taking your rugs and putting them somewhere else. Maybe they're using your rugs. Spreading rumours, homophobic behaviour, deliberate shoving and pushing. Um, you know, the, the list goes on. I think we know what, what even the smallest things that can be seen as as bullying which is in this overall name which I think the overall name almost undermines it which is yard politics it's not it's not yard politics it's bullying it's nasty so I think if we were to take this more seriously and have these yard policies say okay what do we want as a yard we want a nice stable happy environment to work with our horses because as long as you're unhappy rob your horse is going to be unhappy you're not going to train as well you're going to be nervous when people are staring at you which means that you're not going to improve or your horse might go wrong or you know it just it just all adds to the anxiety really so do you think maybe these these policies will help i think for the most part yes and i think for riding schools Definitely, because you are dealing with novice riders at the start of their riding career, for the most part. Um, I was just thinking, while you were saying that, I was just thinking about some of the yards I've worked on and and trained on. And yeah, these are professional competition yards. The environment and the culture is the complete polar opposite. Um, And by that, I mean, you, any mistake, any slip up, and the banter is just ridiculous. You know, the the jokes at your expense are, are lethal. Um, but it's still in a good-natured way. Um, so I, I think when you're in educating in terms of running a riding centre, I think the policy you've just gone through is spot on. I think it does need to run parallel to what um, the school system is trying to enforce. But I think in terms of a sporting environment, you need that kind of lighting each other's fires you know if you go into a rugby dressing room the 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 jokes in there and the what what's sort of flowing around between the players 
is the you know it's the complete opposite everyone's sort of digging into each other but it's in good humor it's the same with i was thinking about um the boxer floyd mayweather his gym um i can't remember what they call it i was just trying to remember it as you were as you were talking i think it's called like the dog pit or something it's basically it's basically the 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 environment and the culture is bullying like they rip into each other so mercilessly that it brings out that kind of the best of your sporting ability but does that transfer into the equine world for the most part no because as you've said if you what the motion that you're promoting is what your horse will pick up on so long answer shortened i think the policy you've just gone through yes applies to most equine yards but we can't forget that what we're taking part in is still a sport and we need to maintain a level of sort of sporting attitude as well which is you know i mean for example i, I was at cross-country schooling yesterday and as well as it went and it was great fun i took a tumble um obviously once you realize that when someone's taken a fall as long as it's not fatal and the horse is okay and the rider's okay you better believe that I got absolutely torn into by not only my wife, but my mum as well. And then I got home and I posted my the video of me falling on, on our Facebook. And then my students started ripping into me. And I don't mind that. I like that. You know, if it was a fatal fool, if it was a serious fool, number one, I probably wouldn't have put it up on social media. But number two, I'd like mm. to think that they would have that respect and the and the decency not to sort of make a joke at that expense but i'd put that up on on facebook because it was quite a funny video it was me just having a bit of an off day at the office um <laughs> and i like that i like that kind of sparky humor we, we you know we had a rider who we were out hacking and we were just stood uh, i can't think why we stood i think someone was adjusting their stirrups and one of the horses promptly put his head down to graze and the jockey just rolled off the front <laughs> and she was absolutely fine but we <laughs> couldn't stop wetting ourselves with laughter it was hilarious um you know and every time i see this rider we always someone will always bring up oh do you remember that time and it's funny we laugh about it so we've got to be careful not to lose that as well do you see what i'm saying mm, you know yes yeah. we don't want to encourage bullying but we also don't want to be so regimented in oh my god i can't say anything you know we want to be afraid. Yeah, we, we need want a to... bit of personality as Absolutely. well. Yeah, I'm I'm always ribbed for uh, being the girl that doesn't like to ride in the wind, because um, I had to have a lesson once, and my my coach wanted me to have no stirrups, and I went, no, I can't. It's windy, and because <laughs> for some reason that was hilarious, because because it's windy, I can't have no stirrups because the horse might spook, mm. and the horse is a riding school horse, not going to do anything. But no, I I do agree. But even in that respect, I think it's about opening up that conversation. You're prepared for people to have a bit of a giggle you're prepared to giggle at yourself as am I I'm always happy to laugh at myself and my inconsistencies and how ridiculous I am at riding and I, I'd happily put something online and go oh look at this fool because we can all learn from it but equally there's I think there's a difference in attitude Rob and I think it's when you're all having a bit of a joke together and you're going oh no I fell off and this is ridiculous da, 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 da. but it's when it's when that isn't funny and when people are stood in the corner going, oh, look at her, she just fell off. I think you can tell with the tone, it's very different. And it's that behavior that's unacceptable. And again, I believe that it comes from the top because somebody needs to manage these situations. Um, generally, generally, um, there's so many outside variations, variables that can actually be part of it, you know, from parents that are competitive. And a lot of it comes to competition, I think. Um 
But out and out, every day on the yard, you should be going there to enjoy your time with your horse and to be able to have fun and be relaxed. And and it's supposed to be therapy. And when it's not therapy, um, something needs to be dealt with. Definitely. Um, And there is the other side of the the coin, of course, because I read, I can't remember, I think I read this in Horse and Hound, a letter. Um, I definitely, this was just a story I read, don't know the person, but they were saying that they... To, they were teaching in pony club and one of the pony club mums basically used to um not torment them but they without they basically would comment on the the instructor's ability and basically were saying oh you know you're not doing it right you're not doing it right and this happened week in week out until eventually the instructor was reduced to tears and actually when right. i when yeah but when i read that i thought you don't have to stand for that it's complete rubbish um and i know that's going to sound a lot of people are going to hear that and go oh rob come on don't be harsh but if you're a coach you're not just there to provide information and, and guidance and, and train riders you're there to set standards and if there's a parent on the outside looking in if they're throwing in comments that aren't helpful and aren't beneficial um you need to nip that in the bud straight away but again it comes back Agreed. down it comes back to confidence doesn't it because for me um i'm sure a lot of my the parents that come and um to watch their kids they would love to tell you some of the things i've said to them you know my my favorite or my sarcastically said they're my favorite is when parents start clicking clicking their tongue from outside the arena it does my head in um (laughs) i've had them you know giving them giving their kids tips as they ride past the fence thinking if you want to be the instructor be the instructor but if you're paying you know money to come and have a training session you've got to leave it to the person who's standing in the middle coaching them um, mm. So when I read that and the, the girl said she was reduced to tears, I just thought, no, we can't allow that to happen. You've got to set that very clear line in the sand. And if anyone goes beyond that, you've got to address it. You can't let it get blurry mm. because people will push and they will push and until you're at breaking point. And this coach, this is a coach we're talking about, someone who's there to educate and be the kind of set the standards the role model and she's in tears oh yeah but rob i've heard that story as well you know in many in many yards it's not you know that's what's so sad is this is too common it should be uncommon but it's not it's far too common so i think this the standard is now what we need to make the standard is don't be afraid to stand up and say no like just like you said you know you get bullied from other coaches so that um those coaches we could go on and on and on you know those coaches can't coach at the yard so other coaches bullying them out you know, they all stand there and slate other coaches and then other people are being ridden and having lessons with these other coaches. So then they're slated by the girls. And that's what I mean. It comes from the top and it trickles down. Mm. So absolutely, that coach needs to say, look, I really, really value your opinion. And um, we really appreciate it. If we want to have a chat afterwards, we can maybe go through what your concerns are and how we can improve it. Um, and then if they're not if they don't want to improve it and actually they're just being a difficult parent which you do get sometimes too then ultimately they are prepared to um say thank you but you know by all means you can find another coach because not all coaches are suitable for all kids and all people and all riders and all horses so the personalities have to get on too um but again you're you're bang on by going back to confidence it's not you don't have to be arrogant with it in any way you don't have to say how dare you click your fingers at me how dare you speak to me like that it's just really nice you saying i really appreciate it is if if you wouldn't do that maybe if you'd like to um have a chat afterwards then we can yeah yeah and and going back to 
touching on confidence, I know I said um, confidence comes from experience. And that is, I think, proper confidence does come from experience and dealing with situations. But, you know, there is also a massive uh, essence of fake it till you make it. And you have got to, even if you don't feel, and this applies to as a rider as well, you know, God, the amount of times I've gone show jumping across country and I thought, oh, God, is this going to go well? You know, that's hardly sounding confident. But you've got to project that confidence because your horse will pick up on that. And nine times out of 10, the round will go better because you've almost projected that slightly fake confidence. But, you know, rightly or wrongly, you've put yourself in that situation. And if you're not prepared to deal with it head on and at least be as confident as you can be on that given day, then, you know, you might as well not just... um, you might as well have not turned up. Do you see what I'm saying? So confidence, Absolutely. as much as we've got to build on it, there is also an essence of, well, I'm here now. I've got to try and make the best of it. And even if that's slightly faking that confidence, but like you say, it's not arrogance. It's not cockiness. It's confidence. Confidence in your ability, whether it's a coach uh, or as a rider. I'm going to tell you one more story, which I haven't told in three years. Um, and it was, it's an experience and it was my first ever time, um, broadcasting at badminton and it was a big thing for me. I was really excited. I was really scared. There had never been a company like us that had been at badminton. Notoriously, it was just the horse and hound magazines, um, radio badminton where Carl Hester was on and Sky TV. So I really felt like this was a big thing, you know, podcasts are finally being made, <laughs> finally becoming big in the UK. And um, and we were accredited media company. And uh, and so I got my press ticket. So I was so excited. And I remember being in this, if you imagine this tent, you've got the press tent. So as uh, you've got the big arena, and then as you come out of the arena, when the riders have finished their, their last run or their last jump, they then jump off their horse and then they go into a tent and it's called the press tent. And from there, you probably have about 30 journalists that are stood uh, waiting to interview. And you have the really important uh, TV programs and media company that get to have their own little corner. Um, and they get to interview first and maybe they're filming. It could be TV shows like Sky. Sky, Sky or BBC always get theirs first. And then um, there's a list of other journalists. And some people record things like me. And some people just take notes for magazines and they get to ask the rider the question. And I think sometimes it's called the press pit. I I find it really stressful because I think you've got about two minutes to speak to the rider. And and I don't think it's very comfortable for them because like this conversation, Rob, I like to have a long conversation and a chat. I like it to be relaxed. And I feel for the rider, they've just come off the round and it's really high pressured. And then they've got a whole bunch of questions being thrown at them and they're still trying to take it all in. And it's just a lot to deal with. And it was my first time being in this press pit. So I was nervous anyway. And when I tell you, I was unbelievably bullied throughout that badminton experience. I was told by high other journalists that I shouldn't be there. I was told that I was inadequate, that I was, uh, someone looked at me and went, so are you a vlogger? Like, like, like a vlogger isn't a, a suitable form of media. Um, I'm not a vlogger, but you know, people looking down again. And these were by experts in the industry. And actually, I was interviewing um, a top rider. Uh, I, I, and I can't, I can't remember her name. I can just picture her. 
Um, but anyway, I was talking to her and I asked her a question and I think it was about something about the heat. I was so nervous anyway. And it was something about the heat or I think it was a really, really hot day. And I was asking about how they were training before the before the dressage and does, does the heat have an impact on how much they train before they go out? It was a question like that. And the lady, this other lady looked at me and went and literally said, um, are you joking? And I said, oh, sorry, have I, am I, am I joking? No, no. She said, you can't ask a ridiculous question like that. And I went, oh, um, uh, but to me, it made perfect sense, Rob. At the time, I was like, that's not a ridiculous question. It was how is the heat impacting on their training while they're here over a five day period? Like it. Is that a sensible question to you? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, so I said, oh, and, and actually about two hours before, I'd heard a, a, a similar quote from Carl Hester, um, but he uh, he was talking about the heat, but he didn't actually answer the question that I wanted to answer, which is what led me to that question to ask the lady. And actually, um, I said, well, it's interesting because they're talking about the weather and the heat and and how horses are struggling in this hot weather on on Radio Badminton. So I presumed it was quite, you know, an an okay question to answer. And she said, well, you should be talking about the success and the um, the points that they're doing and how the ride is done. And I said, but I'm not interested in that. I said, I want to know how they I want to know the facts behind their experience here. And she went, okay, fine. And that was, anyway, I asked the question, it was, I got the answer. But that was, that, that set the basis then for me. I was surrounded by 30, 30 other journalists who were all staring at me and making me feel quite uncomfortable because it's like I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, anyway, the story, the yeah. story continues because, do you know what I did? I thought, I'm going to carry on anyway because I've got 100,000 listeners that listen to the podcast that want to know what happens behind badminton. So all I did was I went out of that press pit and I went and did interviews out on the um, streets instead with the riders. And the riders loved it because they didn't have to deal with the whole high pressure of the press pit. And so that's what we do every year now. I just go and do interviews. I organise interviews before I go. And um, and I hook up with the riders when we're there, and it's a much more relaxed environment. But I I had to really dig deep, Rob, to get that inner confidence to say I wanted to crumble at that point, and I wanted to run, and I thought, no, I've got to keep going because uh, my listeners want to hear this. That's such a uh, entertaining story. That is, um, God. I go back every year now and it's all lovely and there are lots of people that do similar things to me and it's great. And so actually I feel like we've achieved something because by sticking to my guns, um, I still ask the, the dopey questions that I like to ask and, and everyone's happy with it. And do you know, Rob, that weekend we reached five million people in a day. Blimey. And I was so thrilled with my dopey little silly question. No, do you know so, what? That, that's um... absolutely <laughs> awesome. And, and you going out and catching them uh, in out of that press tent you obviously got them slightly more relaxed and they're going to be so much more open and honest and give you much more colorful answers um so i think that's probably the best thing to probably happen um so well done you and those sort of dopey questions you're talking about they're not dopey at all do you know i get really frustrated with hearing the same questions and the same answers from these top riders you know i want to hear new questions i want to hear what they're doing behind the scenes more i want to know the ins and outs of how they're running the show and and how they're feeling about it you know that's what's interesting about sport we don't want to keep recycling the same questions and hearing the same answers um you know equine sport is unfortunately in my book lacking a massive um amount of attraction from people outside of 
uh, the equine sport that are already involved in it. So if you don't know about eventing, you're not likely to suddenly turn on and watch badminton horse trials. Normally, it's watched by people who already watch it or have some active involvement, already like horses. Um, and I think, I truly believe it's down to the characters within the sport. And yeah, we have one or two that are quite colourful, but not not a huge amount of them so when they are asked these questions i believe that's the opportunity to get their personality and their charisma on you know in front of these viewing people and by asking the same questions you're not extracting that personality from them so i think you've done absolutely spot on thing there to try and get the Ah. character from them you're very kind, but my thing—I <laughs> think my point is—I think I'm a bit of enti- I'm, I'm entitled to have a have a be angry with the bullies because um, my my point is that I've been bullied my whole life, and whatever scenario you're in, there are people there, and who whoever would expect, you know, that in, in a in a media tent, um, you know, with high level professionals, you're going to be intimidated by that, but but it absolutely happens as much as it does in a in a playground school or in a pony club rally, or at a livery yard, or a riding school. And I think this is about you saying, no, how do I want to be treated? I don't want to be treated like that. And that's okay for me not to want to be treated like that. I don't deserve it. So, um, uh, you know, tell me your stories. If, if, you, if you're struggling right now and you want a bit of help, then send us a message uh, on Horse Hour, at Horse Hour. Use hashtag Horse Hour and um, we'll see what we can do about... Uh, we'll just try and help you. I think, you know, give you some advice. Be an ear to listen to so that you don't have to deal with this by yourself. Rob, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Love talking to you. Absolute pleasure. It's uh, No, I really enjoyed doing this. Um, and it's a really big, big topic to try and get stuck into. And it's never straightforward. And it's, there's never one clear option. So I hope anything that I've said today hasn't been too sort of confusing and backwards. You know, I'm more than happy to chime in and help anyone who, who you know, wants any advice um, or failing that if you just want them to be dragged up here kicking and streaming and I can shut them on the horse walker that's fine <laughs> absolutely Thank fine you. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're okay after your fall and I have to say I did look at it and it and, I, and it did make me laugh but I thought that you had a great position and a very straight line before that so a massive well done <laughs> yeah until it all went wrong and, and fell out the side door but yeah thanks Amy for that <laughs> Uh, well, listen, have a great weekend and um, thanks, Rob. Speak to you soon. Will do. Thanks very much, Amy. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can catch all previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk or you can hit subscribe on iTunes and Acast. And if you're a subscriber, then every downloadable episode goes through to your mobile phone without you even having to do anything. So you never have to miss an episode again. Thank you for writing reviews. I really appreciate your feedback and love knowing how much you like listening to the episodes. And of course, I want your subjects. What is it that you'd like me to talk about? Or is there a particular guest that you'd like to hear on the podcast? Just drop me a message on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Search for at Horse Hour. And if you're posting and you want to tag us, then tag at Horse Hour or hashtag Horse Hour. The hashtag is still going strong. It's the number one equestrian hashtag used globally. So don't forget to keep that hashtag in there on all your posts. I hope you really enjoy spending time with your horse this week and I'll speak to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.